Blog Talk Radio. Hey, if you're looking for informative educational radio and not the same jumble, same egos, same questions for hours, then Sportsbeat, your alternative, is next as part of Mountain Meadow Productions, your educational sports radio. Productions and Sportsbeat Radio, this is Sportsbeat, a provocative, insightful, informative, and educational show that we hope will educate the sports listener to the specific of sport. With interviews, analysis, and a comprehensive look at the topics we feel will be appealing to the listener, and with that said, we're not just your average call-in, same subject, same question over and over sports radio. We like to think of ourselves as informative and educational radio. So why not sit back and for the next 30 minutes or so, we hope you'll find the program informative, educational, and above all, enjoyable. And with that said and done, this is Sportsbeat, and we're coming at you live. And I'm your host, John Spoolis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Sunday program, the 11th day of June, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us yet on another segment of Sports Beat Radio Talking Sports. And today we're going to be talking about something that uh, really is a buzz in the NBA. I think most people feel it. And that is, is Nikola Jokic the best big man ever? And so we're certainly hearing that, you know, with uh, sports radio around the country, even people who are outside of Denver, you know, hands down, this guy is uh, the next, uh, you know, savior of uh, the NBA. He is, uh, you know, magnificent, and he's this and he's that. And uh, we want to talk about it a little bit uh, because he certainly has been uh, in the several years that he's been in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets uh, by way of Serbia. He has certainly shown uh, the brightest possible light uh, with his skills, as you've seen now in the various series uh, when he was – basically a one-man destroying wrecking crew against the Phoenix Suns, beating them by 25 points in the last game, game six, I believe that was in Phoenix. And then, of course, uh, what he's doing now to Miami. He has uh, numerous triple doubles, which is not an easy feat to do in the NBA. Uh, He, against the Phoenix Suns uh, in the series before this series with Miami, he had scored, I believe, 51 or 53 points in a losing effort. You can't stop him in the paint. He's a huge man, 6'11", big man. Uh, He has power. And uh, unlike a lot of big men, he shoots uh, a beautiful, soft, underhanded shot around the basket and also is very, very capable of hitting nothing but net uh, when he shoots three-pointers. And so the question is, do we overrate people? And, you know, we, we have this conversation a lot in sports where people – tend to believe that a certain player is the greatest of all time and you know without really giving regard to era you know we brought this up many times before i i don't know that 
you know, any one athlete is the greatest of all time because rules are different. Style of play is different. And we certainly have seen that, and we're talking specifically about the NBA right now. We've seen that happen. Uh, I had mentioned on previous shows where I have interviewed a few other uh, NBA players who played way back in the 70s and 80s, and they don't recognize the game anymore. As a matter of fact, they don't watch the game because they feel it's unrecognizable. You know, the the way the game is played now, as opposed to the way it was, let's say, when Charles Oakley played for the Knicks and you came down the lane and you had your head handed to you. It's a different game. And so, uh, you know, could the players of today, the sharpshooters of today, uh, like Harden and Booker and, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic and everybody else, uh, put up the same numbers, let's say, back then. And, of course, the three-point play has basically been a double-edged sword in the NBA. It's made teams accountable for victory as far as, you know, a 20-point lead today is, is, is not insurmountable, particularly when a team can shoot threes. But by the same token, you know, that's, that's stating a verbal phrase you live and die by the three. We saw the Boston Celtics do that last year, uh, who were beaten by the Golden State Warriors because Boston couldn't get their threes going. And we saw them uh, go down in flames again this year because they couldn't really get their outside shots going with Tatum and Brown and everybody else that were supposed to be the big stars of this team. And Miami beat them. And, you know, when the Miami Heat are on with their outside shooting, uh, they're tough to beat. But even they have had trouble against uh, the Denver Nuggets. And now, of course, this series is 3-1. Hasn't been what you would say an exciting series. Uh, most people thought that it would be uh, a little bit more than it is. Uh, Miami has just lost both games and the deciding game, both games in um Miami, and now the uh, next game is in Denver uh, as we speak within about the next two hours or so. So the question is, um, is Nikola Jokic the best big man ever like most people think and say that he is? You know, he's the, the greatest thing since sliced bread, to use a uh, kind of a cliche. So, you know, when we look at it, it's impossible really to make a list of best centers without including uh, Jokic, and he's playing his eighth NBA season. He's already proven that he's one of the most talented players, maybe of all time, and he is doing things never seen before. For example, he set the record for highest player efficiency rating in a campaign, 32.8. The Joker, as they call him, has been named MVP the past two seasons, becoming the first center to win back-to-back MVP awards since uh, Moses Malone did it back in uh, 82 and 83. But what about some of the other centers? Well, you know, Artis Gilmore had a stellar season, uh, career, I should say, 17 years. He averaged 18.8 points, 12.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, and 2.4 blocks per game with a player efficiency rating of 21.7. And he has the third highest true shooting percentage among centers of all time, 64.3, behind only uh, DeAndre Jordan, 64.4, and Rudy Gobert, 67.2. In addition, Gilmore is the third center with the most win shares, 189.6, behind only Wilt, 
247.2, and uh, Kareem, 273.4. And Gilmore, you may remember, played in the ABA as well. Very, very dominant center uh, who could play the ball both ways. Then you had another one, Patrick Ewing, never led the league in points, rebounds or blocked, but he was always among the best in each of those departments. He recorded 21 points, 9-8 rebounds, 2.4 blocks per game over 17 NBA seasons with a player efficiency rating of 21.0. He made the 11 All-Star Game appearances, was named All-NBA seven times, and received the Rookie of the Year Award in the 85-86 season. He's the sixth center with the most points, 24,815, and the sixth with the most blocks, 2,894. We can't forget Moses Malone. He was a beast, probably the best center of the 80s. He averaged 20.3 points, 12.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and 2.6 blocks in 1,455 games, and he recorded a player efficiency rating of 22.0 and 179.1 in win shares. And he was called the chairman of the boards, if you remember, led the Sixers to their third and so far last NBA championship. Malone was three-time MVP, six-time rebounding champion, and 13-time All-Star. Now, of course, you know, you always talk about great coaches, and, you know, we always hear about Popovich being, you know, this master coach, and I've always said that players make the coach, and I think my uh, advice is, uh, and that's not just my sur- surmounting of it, uh, a lot of people feel the same way. When was the last coach that had poor players that won anything? Not too many, if at any. And... uh Without David Robertson and, uh, you know, some of the other great players that uh, were with the Spurs, I don't know that Popovich would have been in, in even in the mix. But nonetheless, David Robinson, he was a real threat both offensively and defensively as he posted averages of 21.1 points, 10.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.4 steals, and three block shots per game, which is insane. And his value over replacement player is 81.6, second highest among centers, only uh, behind Kareem. And his player efficiency rating, 26.2, third highest among centers, uh, Nikola Jokic and Shaquille O'Neal. The Admirals, they called him. He was a scoring champion, rebound champion, blocking champion, two-time NBA champion. And was named MVP and Defensive Player of the Year as well. Then you had Akeem Olajuwon, who was the leader of, of the only team to stand in the way of the Chicago Bulls dynasty, the Rockets, and he was uh, the finals MVP in both 94 and 95. He was also the MVP of the 93-94 season. And to top it off, Olajuwon was a three-time blocking champion, two-time rebounding champion, two-time defensive player of the year, and 12-time All-NBA. They called him the Dream. He averaged 21.1 points, 11.1 rebounds, 1.7 steals, and 3.1 blocks per game. He's the only player with the most blocks in the history of the sport with 3,830. And, of course, Shaquille O'Neal was one of the most dominant players in basketball history. He averaged 23.7 points, 10.9 rebounds, 2.5 Assists, 2.3 blocks per game with a 26.4 player efficiency rating, second highest among centers. He was a three-time NBA champion, uh, NBA Finals MVP. No other center has done something like that. 
among centers with at least 800 games played, he's fifth highest field goal percentage with 58.2%. And he's the third center with the most points with 28,596. Can't forget, of course, the uh, 11 uh, championship rings of the great Bill Russell. Is the player with the most championship rings in the history of basketball and any professional sport in the United States with 11. Certainly the Boston Celtics were a far superior team to the others. But Russell still gets a lot of credit for being the leader of that dynasty. Average 15.1 points, 22.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists per game. Unfortunately, at that time, there was no records of steals and blocks. But players, referees, and newspapers of the time often mentioned that he had five or six blocks per game. He was an incredible defensive player, something that the league could probably learn from. And, of course, Kareem is so far the player with the most points in NBA history. Of course, uh, that's not true now as uh, LeBron James has surpassed him. 38,387. He's also third all-time in rebounds, 17,440 in blocks, 3,189. He also won six MVP awards. That's the most in history. He also uh, a six-time NBA champion and a 19-time All-Star. He averaged 26.6 points, 11.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and 2.6 blocks per game. He's also the all-time leader in win shares, 273.4. Can't forget about the great Wilt Chamberlain, he's the best center in NBA history, hands down, in my view. Uh, we're talking about an all-time leader in rebounds, 23,924, and second in points per game, 30.1. He was a seven-time consecutive scoring champion, something that surely no player probably will surpass, just like his 100 points way back in uh, March I believe it was the second, 1962, at the Hershey Arena, where he scored 100 points against the Knicks. Wilta still, that's what they called him. He averaged 30.1 points, 22.9 rebounds, 4.4 assists per game, and like Russell is believed to have five blocks per game. And there are no words to describe the greatness of the great Wilt Chamberlain. Now, those are, the, you know, amongst the great, Centers, um, you know, we could go on. There was other centers that were certainly worthy of praise. You know, um, Dan Issel was there, uh, center forward. There were you know, there were many, uh, you know, Willis Reed and so forth. You know, one of the interesting things about Willis Reed is uh, one of the uh, radio shows of New York said one of the defining moments in NBA history was when Wilt, Ch- uh, excuse me. Um, Willis Reed came out uh, having torn, I believe it's quadricep, not mistaken. It was one of the muscles in his leg, at the upper leg. I think it was his quad. It's actually torn. And he came out in that championship game. Uh, they gave him cortisone, and he limped his way into the uh, court, onto the court from the locker room. And, and uh, many sports casters have said that that was the greatest moment. That was the defining moment in NBA history, and I think they're probably part right, because if I remember right, I think that Willis Reed only had four points in that game. I don't think he he was a a real contributor as far as, you know, the points and the the stalwartness of the game. I think he was just an inspirational leader to see that, you know, his teammates, Clyde Frazier and DeBusher and 
Bradley and those guys came out to see their uh, compadre come out of there, you know, with a torn uh, quad, which had to be extremely painful. And you, you pull your quad, it hurts. I can't imagine, uh, you know, tearing it. But nonetheless, uh, there are those who felt that that moment was a defining moment in not just the NBA, but in sports. And I, I, I don't know that you can argue that from a point that it was an inspirational historical moment, but he did not really contribute that much. But in, probably in some ways he has. And they put that up there with Will Chamberlain's 100 points, which I don't see how you can do it. Now, that, that's not taking anything away from Willis Reed. He was a great player. And of course, his passing uh, not long ago uh, saddened the sports world. We tend to be losing a lot of our heroes the last couple of years, especially those of us who have grown up in the 60s. But I don't know that you can put Willis Reed's inspirational moment in that championship back in the early 70s in the same vein that you can with Will Chamberlain's 100 points. I mean, that was a magical night. Now there are people that you know always put it down, there are people that say, well, you know, um, uh, they just kept giving him the ball, and it was a half-court game and all that, and the Knicks kind of gave up. I mean, it was a very high-scoring game, well into the 140s. And, you know, maybe there is some truth to that as far as, you know, everybody on the team, Al Adels was on that team. He was the uh, coach of the Golden State Warriors when they won the championship, I think, in 75 with Rick Barry. And he said after that, Al Adels did, he said, you know, we just, when he got to 70 points, we said, what the hell, you know, just give him the ball. And you couldn't stop him. I don't think there was a more dominant center, uh, maybe, maybe Shaq, because Shaq was a little bit bigger as far as girth. Uh, I one time went to a game where we were not too far behind the bench uh, where Shaq was sitting, and he was, uh, I mean, I, I, I knew he was big. I didn't know he was that big. I mean, he was a wall. He was a tough, tough dude. But they didn't, I don't think that, you know, Willis Reed's claim to fame is in really the same category as what Wilt Chamberlain did with a basketball. My other uh, accolade goes to another player that you really don't hear much about, and he was one of the great scorers of all time, and had the three-point play been um, in play then, he would have been a, a, a tremendous scoring champion, and that was Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete out of LSU, you know, played for the Atlanta uh, team, played for the Jazz Played for the Celtics later. Uh, I saw him in pregame one time playing uh, with the Jazz uh, when you could get into the stadium a little earlier than you can now. And he was doing things with a basketball that defied logic with two basketballs. I mean, I didn't see anybody else doing what he was doing. He had tremendous moves. He was a very good defensive player. He stole the ball a lot. Uh, we don't hear much of him. But... Pete Maravich, most people probably have said, most of the experts said, that he probably would have been a 30- or 40-point scorer had they had the three-point play. And so, you know, our show is really about Nikola Jokic. Is he going to be the greatest, the GOAT, 
which I think is an overused term. The other one is game changer. I mean, how many times did we hear that? It's a game changer. And I guess I guess uh, from lack of more literary ability, people keep saying that. But I don't know that Jokic could have played in the 90s or the 80s. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been good. I don't know that he would have been as dominant with some of those great tough defensive centers um, like Bill Russell or Chamberlain or Elijah Wan or Gilmore or the Twin Towers. I, I you know, I don't, I don't know that he would have been what he is today. And so, you know, it always goes back to the fact that to say somebody is the greatest, you know, that goat mentality, the greatest of all time, uh, I think it's a reach because the game is different now. You know, I mean, if you're going to be the great, great Nikola Jokic, you're going to do it now. And why? Because there's no defense in the NBA. It's not about defense anymore. The game has slipped by all of that. The game has become a three-point circus, you know, and when you do find a player that can actually play defense, it's a rarity because they don't do it. And so Jokic has basically free reign. Uh, I'm not saying that he does that in every game. I think Miami, uh, Ben Adebayo, who has been pretty good, or uh, Bam, I should say, Bam Adebayo, uh, for Miami has been pretty good in trying to stop him. But in the earlier days, everybody played defense, and I don't know that he would have had the opportunities that he does now. He basically just owns the, the lane or the paint, whatever you want to call it. So in my view, even though he has these numbers, these extraordinary numbers, he's been an MVP for the last couple of years, just like Aaron Rodgers has been an MVP for a couple of years, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers – could play back in the 60s and 70s. As a matter of fact, I don't know that he's going to be that good with the Jets. I mean, I could be dead wrong, but, you know, he's a 40-year-old quarterback. And they still haven't addressed that line on the offensive line of the Jets. Who's going to play left tackle? Uh, you know, training camp starts next month, the end of next month. And they still haven't addressed it as far as I know. And uh, I wouldn't want to be Aaron Rodgers with no left tackle or a less-than-stellar line. So my point is, you know, Jokic, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a great player. We've seen it against uh, some of these teams. We saw it against Miami now as they have the chance to win tonight, first time in their history. Denver Nuggets is part of the old ABA I don't believe they won any championships in the ABA. They had some great players. Uh, you know, Alex English was there. Uh, Thompson was there. And they've never really won anything. And now Jokic, uh, you know, has the tag of the future GOAT. But really, is he? You know, could he have played in those times? Now, people will argue and say, well, these are not those times. And that's true. But the other side of the argument is, these are times when the game is not being played to its fullest, meaning that the NBA is a circus mentality of offense. Where I don't know how many games I've seen where they just rained three-pointers back and forth. You know, nobody 
boxes out. If you watch an NBA game, watch how many people uh, on the uh, court or players on the court box out. Very few. And that's one of the basic things you learn. You learn that in bitty basketball. The other one is following your shots. Watch when NBA players shoot. They stand there. Nobody goes after their shots. And it would be interesting to see the offensive boards if people actually followed their shots, but they don't. And so the game really is, to me, is watered down from what it used to be. And, you know, the other side of the coin, people will say, well, you know, I don't know that Wilt Chamberlain could play today. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain would probably be more dominant today than he was then because there's no defense. It doesn't matter that it's not a, really a half-court game as much as it was when he played. Wilt Chamberlain was one of the most dominant sports figures in the history of sport. And I'm talking about Babe Ruth and Jim Thorpe, Jim Brown. I'm talking about some of the greatest players of all time. He's there. To me, he was the greatest at his position of all time, including Jokic. Uh, what he did on the basketball court, and his predecessor to a degree, George Mikan. Uh, there were rule changes because of Mikan. You know, he was dominant himself. He wasn't really dominant at DePaul when he was there at college, but when he came into the NBA with Minneapolis, the Lakers, he showed a side that most people never thought could be shown. And there were rule changes. There were rule changes when Chamberlain played. So I think that, you know, when you say uh, that Nikola Jokic is the greatest center of all time, I think you have to watch your as they say, your P's and Q's, using another worn-out cliche, because uh, he may be now, but particularly the NBA and even the NFL isn't what it was. It's a pass-happy league now. You know, there's, there's no real value to the running game. Uh, running backs aren't paid anywhere near. They used to be a major commodity in sports. Now they're, you know, if you get a running back, uh, you know, look at Ezekiel Elliott, what he did for Dallas, and now, you know, all right, we've used you up like a toothpaste. Now you're gone. And they have somebody else in there, you know, Pollock. So to me, no matter what Nikola Jokic achieves as a center, to me it's going to be watered down because the NBA is not what it was. And if it were, if it is, if it would be what it were at one point, if that's correct grammar, then I would have more respect for what he does. And I'm not saying that he's not great, because I know that people in Denver will be writing me, <clears throat> people who like Nikola Jokic will be writing and say, how could you say that? But you've got to think about that. Think about, you know, what the NBA is now. It's this conglomeration of people standing around, no defense. I think most players don't even know how to play defense. And yet, you know, a lot of these players get great accolades, like James Harden and all these players with these great accolades that they get, most of them, they're just offensive machines. They don't, they don't do anything on the defensive side. So, you know, you have to see uh, what's going to happen uh, with all of that and, and uh, you know, what's uh, going to happen with the NBA in the future. Will they start to glamour more defense? Will there be... Uh, situations where, you know, you have to really work for your points. I mean, you, when you watch Nikola Jokic, uh, many times there's no real defense on him. People will bang into him and things like that, but for the most part, you know, there isn't. So 
that's our take on Nikola Jokic. Is he the best big man ever? Well, you know, uh, you have your opinions, and I think we have ours. So uh doesn't ma- really matter which one's which. Um, you'll have your own take on it. I think that um, because of the game today and what it is, it's very hard to say that a player like that uh, is the best of the greatest of all time. Uh, when you had players who played much more, uh, you know, difficulty on offense, such great defense as they had in the past. So we'll have to see, you know, where that goes. But nonetheless, that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks so much for joining us on this segment of Sports Beat Radio Talk and Sports. Of course, we have. Uh, some finishing games now in the NHL. The Golden Knights took a uh, three games to one lead over the Panthers. Can the Panthers uh, come back to Vegas and uh, try to even it up? We'll see. And then, of course, tonight uh, could be the deciding game for the Miami Heat as they take on uh, Nikola Jokic and the uh, Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets. We'll see. Of course, baseball still going on and. Uh, the uh, NFL will be going back to its training camp in about uh, a little over a month and a half. Sports Beat's been a presentation of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sports Beat Radio. And until next time, all of you have a great day and great sports. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>